episode 13 of Talking Element, where we are on remote. We are back in Colorado Springs, and this time joined by Mike and Carrie Foster. Um, <laughs> all of them. So some people may not know you guys. Would you guys give a brief introduction of who you are and maybe how you're connected with Element? Uh, well, we were back in uh, Santa Maria uh, when the whole Element thing began, and uh, was playing drums in the church uh, from day one to when we left. Uh, Which was a very here. hard day when you left, by the way. Yeah, and your drummers keep on leaving. I know. What is I that? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, we, so we were there for uh, the beginning to uh, when we left, and it was a great time, but it was time for us to move on and come out here. We're discussing the third wheel, week three, being filled with the Holy Spirit, part one. There are so many different things that kind of surround the ideas of being filled with the Spirit. So the verses we're looking at today are about Ephesians chapter five, where it says, you know, don't get drunk on wine. And the NIV will say, uh, but be filled with the Spirit of God. And so we look at what that actually means in terms of being drunk versus what it looks like being filled with the Spirit. And really it comes down to the Spirit leading us to authentic lives where we trust Him and walk with Him no matter what comes our way because the, the Spirit actually leads us to places when we're filled with Him of hope and comfort and life and moving forward in the steadfast way where we are authentic with one another. So, Holy Spirit, I wanted to just kick us off. What, uh, what was your understanding of the Spirit or has your understanding of the Spirit been? How has it changed over recent years? I can start with that one. I have a Catholic upbringing. So when I was little, the Holy Spirit meant two things. It was inanimate, which was the little flame at the top of the box on the altar that held communion. And as an animate object, I guess... Are you saying element needs to get one of these? A tabernacle, yes, absolutely. To hold the elements. Um, And then... I also envisioned it at work being this little flame that just bounced around and showed up places. I don't know what it did, but this only happened in biblical times. It wasn't something current day. But as I got older and listened to more sermons and kind of, you know, went to non-denominational churches, the Holy Spirit began to present itself as something that I needed. And it was part of the Trinity that I needed to understand. And it actually had a function that, you know, I should know about in my life. So it was, it became more present to me as I got older and understood a little better. I always found the Holy Spirit really hard to understand, especially when I, you know, I, I became a Christian, went on like 17, and just the idea of the Holy Spirit, it was, the Holy Spirit sounded scary to me at some points because anytime someone talked about it, it was, you know, at this church over here where they're barking or screaming and rolling around and all these crazy things are happening. I went to one, I actually went a couple, but one of them, it's scary, like, is, is, and I'm supposed to do this? Is this what God's Spirit does in me? I, ooh. It's almost reframing our entire perception of who He is because it's almost like the idea of the Spirit has been co-opted in a way that doesn't speak about Him as the reality of who He is. We talk about Him as an it or this thing or this power and not actually a person. Mm-hmm. It's part of the Trinity, but not the part that we... He's part of the Trinity? There you go. (laughs) But not the part that we want to necessarily immerse ourselves in or with, Mm -hmm. because it's intimidating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like how uh, when Jesus says, you know, I'm going to send you the comforter. And do we ever talk about the Spirit as the comforter? No, we, you know, we, we don't because it's not how our minds think about it. It's probably even the term Spirit that's in there. Well, you hear too, the Spirit moves, and that's, it 
oh gosh, what's going to happen? <laughs> what's it going to make me lose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Carrie, what functions? So, you mentioned understanding him better and, and the functions and, and, and your need for him. What functions have you come to understand the Holy Spirit does? Um, in and through you. You know, in our, what, 24 years of knowing each other, we've talked about hearing the voice of God or Jesus or the Holy Spirit. And that, you know, just off the cuff, we'll say, oh, we don't think we hear that or, or know that. But spiritually deaf. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes you can you can easily say, oh, that was a God thing. When you have a situation where. You prayed about it and it came into fruition, either what you expected more than you expected or different than you expected, but you can still see God working in it. And it's easy to identify that. But what about when you're praying and you're expecting to hear an answer? And so I'm going to have to actually defer this to him because he has, in my mind, discernment, which I feel is from the Holy Spirit. And I do not have that. Well, I mean, there's been situations all through my life where I felt a certain way at a certain time, um, and a lot of it at first revolved around a sense of feeling that I got being in a certain area, and then later on found out that there was a um, a large spiritual, but in a different way uh, than Christianity, um, in in the area um, where there would be a Wiccan population or I see a satanic population. And I wouldn't really know it at first, but then I would just feel a certain way, feel what I would have always just called a sense of evil in an area. And then enter discernment again. Um, He's able to really read his surroundings at work too and comes home and, you know, talks about how he either is on guard or is, at ease with certain people and, and it depends on the day because there are people with different mindsets, if you know what I mean. And, you know, they could be different from day to day. And so I think you have that in you too, where, you know, you know, when you feel comfortable and when you don't and that all and it, it, like it's places, but it's also people. I mean, there's been plenty of people that have crossed our paths where he just says that is not somebody that we're going to be hanging out with. And of course, you know, my immediate thoughts used to be, and, and I think I'm better with it now, but it used to be, oh, he's just not accepting of people or, you know, whatever. But then I realized, you know, I, I got to said that about him before, Yeah, but I got to trust his, his discernment and his, I don't want to call it judgment. Cause I don't feel like it's that. I don't think he's just judging people. I think that he really has the ability to, you know, I think he's being, he's being told, you know, by the spirit as the leader of a family. So mm-hmm. he has to, he has to have that, you know, for us. Cause I, I certainly don't have it. So. And there, and there is a difference between, you know, I'm not letting that into my family versus, okay, I'm not letting that, but I'm still going to want to share the gospel with them at mm-hmm. some point because that, because right. Jesus can change their life. The spirit can move and change them. But yeah, the discernment between where that line actually goes. What comes to mind when you hear being filled with the Holy Spirit? For most of my Christian life, that has been exactly what, as soon as somebody says filled with the spirit, that's exactly what I think of is charismatic, barking, walking up and, or jumping up and down the aisles. Um, and honestly, it wasn't really until within the, the past couple of years and especially just kind of sitting down and listening to the sermon um, and now realizing that a lot of what I feel and a lot of the things that lead me and us is the Holy Spirit, and it, that is, it, it's His voice 
even though I feel like I'm spiritually deaf, having feelings about certain things and leading me in a way that I'm being led is the Holy Spirit. Uh, and having the, the strength to follow through on those leadings, too, because yeah, that's the strength that he provides in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. I have charismatic friends who I love deeply, and, and they love Jesus, and I get it. But in my mind, I, I never thought of anything other than that when I thought about the Holy Spirit, which, which is probably a deficit on how I was raised and what I learned and the books I was reading. And then you can go the total opposite other direction where, oh, the Holy Spirit doesn't really do anything. He's just God's power and force. And, you know, the Holy Spirit is a person and, and, and he's real. But it's hard to get there from all the swirling noise that sits around who he is. But when you think about what you said in the sermon about, you know, being in control and, and that sort of thing, to me, I'm kind of rethinking being filled with the Holy Spirit as having control, um, well, just almost like having balance, you know, just not too much of any one thing, but, but that's your gauge, the Holy Spirit and what he provides to you is your gauge on, you know, the control that you have, the things that you're letting in, the things that you're putting out, you know, just making sure that everything's, you know, in control. Well, so for me, one of the words that comes to mind is chaos, chaos, chaotic, and, and things that, whether experiences or not, it is more of an experience-driven yeah. uh, relationship. And so for me, that to me, that is very chaotic. And, and the opposite, and the more I better understand, is the opposite. It is, it is not chaotic. There's order, and, and it's powerful order. It's, it's beyond power that I can even imagine, but it, it, is, it is the opposite of, of order, of, of chaos. Yeah, when you talk about that in terms of a busy life, so you think of, you know, somebody with a high pressure job or a mom with a ton of kids or, you know, there's all these things going on. So how does how does the Holy Spirit help kind of put things into their place and and keep from getting chaotic? You know how I'm kind of asking you a question now. Yeah. Um, So I think I think the primary job of the Holy Spirit is to point us to Christ. And so, so when I am in chaos or not focused, um, one of the best things that I, the, one of the best things that came out of this redemption group training I went to was uh, in this, they, they recommend that when you're in a setting and you don't know what to say, ask for the words to say. And, and it's the simplest of concepts, but I do it no matter, I do it, I did it today when, when we're sitting down for this, like, like I listen to the message and I'm like, I don't know what to say, God, I don't know what to ask. I, you know, and, and asking that. And I think it, that applies to that midst of crazy life, family, uh, friends and, and COVID. I mean, asking, asking God to reveal truth is, is really the only thing that, that, that calms the winds in the sails of life mm-hmm. and, and steadies the ship somewhat. That, that is the only thing that makes sense, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the three points you had said uh, about being filled with the Holy Spirit is that it's opposite of debauchery. Uh, it's a life full of stimulation, even though we might not think that, um, and it's a life filled with joy. And so I was hoping if you had a thought on one of those, maybe in particular. that. Uh, well, I am one, if I can encourage you guys in one. Because that life of stimulation, that life of stimulation is how God's Spirit leads you in discernment. Because that is a, and you, like when we think stimulation, we think it's all, Ooh, I'm on stems, I'm going a million miles an hour. But the stimulation is that thing of, hey, 
listen, something's going on here. Mm-hmm. Pay attention. Mm-hmm. And if we don't know how to listen to it, we may turn around and be like, I'll get mad at everybody. But the stimulating thing is, hey, God's Spirit's trying to tell me something. What is it? And maybe an authentic thing in the middle of that would have been, I don't know if something is going on right now. Maybe we should pray about it and figure out what it is. Yeah. And you think in such a busy life, the last thing you need is more stimulation, mm-hmm. but it's actually time to rethink what that stimulation means. and Proper stimulation. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. When you talk about being joy-filled or joyful, there's a difference between, um, like this woman that used to work at a Bible bookstore in town, who would send you off with a, have a blessed day, and you have to walk away wondering, is she like that all the time? Is this for real? Is that authentic? Or, you know, how else do you show that, you know? And, um, you know, just to, not, I don't know, how do you not be fake, but want to seem joyful and happy to people at the same time. I mean, especially where you work, gosh. Like I've been telling so many people lately, I've never worked. I've never smiled so much in my life, which is a very, very weird thing working in the job that I do. But at the same time, I, I have to equate it with, this is also one of the first times in your life that you've actually listened to what God wanted for your life and fully followed it. And I, I mean, I shouldn't be smiling so much <laughs> uh, working in a jail and seeing the things that I do, but there, there's so much joy within what I'm doing um, from a proud, uh, a proud point of view as well. But a lot of it has to come from the fact that I'm finally listening to what he wanted for my life after 44 years. <laughs> Glad you got to that quick. Yeah, right. It took 44 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're also taking that and turning it into being able to make a difference. You know, some of the things you come home and say to me that you've told some of these guys in there is, you know, I'm thinking, who is this guy? Where'd this come from? You know, but um, it just comes naturally now, you know, which is pretty impressive. It's kind of like Pete Newman said in, in his talk, you know, where it was like, a, if I... You know, when, when there's a big shipwreck and yes. I'm living this way, if I only lived out in a little shipwreck, yes, maybe exactly. it wouldn't be so shocking. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is extreme. Yeah. What he's witnessing every mm-hmm. single day is like something I would read in a crazy novel. You know, he's seeing us every day. It's like a Netflix series in his brain. And, you know, what he does with that, it, it is kind of a big shipwreck every single day, you know. And it's cool just to see that the subtle changes that God's spirit leads us into throughout the course of our lives. Yeah. At the end of the Acts series, we talked about being sent to where we are and, and God and having that calling. And, and it's really exciting to hear, having known you for a while, how God has brought you to this place of deep understanding of calling, purpose, uh, and, and that you do step out in it. So that's really Trust cool. Me. Drums is where I was wanting to be called. <laughs> but, uh... All right. Well, I think we're going to end it there. Uh, as always, our goal is that you continue the conversation. We hope that you um, you continue these conversations with those that you are around um, and in a gospel community, if you are in one. Yeah, we hope that you, you continue to grow in being filled with the Holy Spirit, that uh, you come to order and not chaos in your life, no matter the circumstances around you. And that is all for all of us here in Colorado Springs. And we'll see you next week. That we even said with that we would play country music if we got paid for it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> sinful. Yeah. <laughs> that's why it took 44 years. God was like, well, let's see how long detour we can make this for you. As always, our goal is that you continue the conversation. Back in. <laughs> 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 <laughs>